You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 58 with Debbie Rodriguez. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Heart Food Podcast. So grateful as always that you've tuned in today. Today's episode is no joke, one of my favorites. I feel like I have to whisper that so like the other guests don't hear it. And although I love all my guests, obviously I am super selective about who I bring on. I really love sharing everybody's wisdom with you. It's almost like picking a favorite kid, even though I don't have kids, but I would imagine that it's actually probably not like that at all, but I love all the episodes. I love all the guests, but this one was just something that like, it's hard for me to put into words how the knowledge that surrounds spirituality has had on my life. Many of you know that when I got into, I talk about uh, how I'm into Janine Roth's work, how I love her book, Women, Food, and God. And really when I got into that book and realized that my food struggles were not about food, like, oh, I'm not eating this cake because like it tastes so good. Well, that's part of it, but there's actually this deeper, more important reason as to why I'm eating and it has to do with spirituality. And I just really got deep into that world. And I was also dating somebody for a while that sort of got me into that world too. So it was like those two things really changed the trajectory of my life. Um, I love Debbie's perspective because, uh, and Debbie's our guest today, I love Debbie's perspective because it is grounded. So I've been on my spiritual path, let's say, I don't know, maybe six years now, just getting more and more connected. And I think for a while I got kind of disillusioned. I think that I saw what was out there in the world of spirituality and I saw that I didn't really um, align with it because I saw a lot of uh, spiritual bypassing and I was like, you know, if I just do my yoga. I mean, I've told this story before, but like if I just do my yoga and like recite um, my mantras and my affirmations and I meditate and I do all these things and I'm going to like get to this place where I'm just not going to feel any suffering, that like itchy part of me is going to just go away and I'm not going to have to deal with that anymore. And once I started doing those things, I started actually feeling worse because I got a front row seat to like my stuff. And Once I realized that that quote unquote stuff wants to talk to you and speak to you and communicate with you, and it's actually, 
you know, something that can indicate to you that perhaps like something isn't, you know, fully on with your life or something isn't fully aligned with the way that you want to live or just something is signaling you and protecting you and it's part of you and that is okay. Once I kind of realized that, I'm like, wow, we're all just multifaceted humans. I don't have to feel like I'm a, you know, a Buddha on a mountain somewhere that's like fully enlightened. Even though I do consider myself spiritual, I am not like fully evolved or whatever it is. Like none of us get there. And that's why I really love Debbie's approach. And because she talks about groundedness and she's just so real. And she's just one of those people who, when you meet them, you just feel like that person has something about them, something really special. And she did Reiki on me. Uh, I've known her for a couple of years, but she did Reiki on me about six months ago, which we talk about in the episode. And, you know, that was a really special moment for me because the messages that she gave me when she performed Reiki on me and like the debrief that we did afterwards, she just said some really powerful stuff. Like she told me that, Um, I don't even think she knew at this point that I had a podcast or that um, I talked about this stuff a lot. I think, you know, I'm not sure of like the extent that she knew of my work, but um, she told me that I had like a dragon in my throat, which meant like there's this message that needs to be spread and that also I need to surrender and have a more grounded spiritual practice and ritual, which is something that I struggle with because I'm like, oh, whatever, that's like the last thing I'll do. But um, yeah, she just really told me those things and I felt really like a like I could breathe for a second. I was like, wow, these are the things that I have felt, but it's so amazing that someone else can recognize it. And I think that that is, and then you can kind of go back and forth and talk about it. And that's what I think a good practitioner is in this realm and somebody that can really help guide you. You know, you have all the answers inside of you when you hire somebody to maybe do a reading or to do Reiki on you. Somebody is just helping you and, you know, guiding you maybe to where you want to go. But I want to encourage you that you know all the answers as well, that we all have all of our answers inside of us, but we just need to get quiet enough to listen to them and to befriend all of the parts of ourselves and to, yes, get a little more spiritual, which just means in my eyes, connection to yourself, to something greater, to whatever is out there. Um, And I've just seen so many different things in my life come together in freaky ways, like freaky, but not freaky because of the way the universe works that I believe in this stuff and I have seen it before my eyes. I've seen the magic. And also if I believe in these things then I don't suffer as much and that's like enough for me um, to know that like I can trust my life, to know that, you know, even if something bad or shitty happens, it's working in your favor for growth. So trust your life. And if you're going to see somebody about this stuff, if you want an Akashic reading, uh, Debbie also does hypnosis, uh, Reiki and energy work, coaching. If you want to have somebody uh, guide you through this, I definitely recommend her. Um, Again, she's just super real and genuine. She is a renowned wellness practitioner, hypnotist, and Reiki master living in Miami. She holds that compassion and self-awareness are at the core of breakthrough and transformation. She works with women and men looking to create their level 10 life. Her coaching focuses on shifting subconscious limiting beliefs that keep people from stepping out of their comfort zone and into their vision. 
I am a stand for people getting that they matter, she explains, and that they are unapologetically, radically enough. I do this through coaching, Reiki and energy work, Kashic readings, and hypnosis. So you can find her uh, at www.debbie.magic.com. And she is Debbie Magic, so D-E-B-B-I-E-M-A-G-I-C-K, Debbie Magic with a K at the end on Instagram. Um, All of her information is in the show notes. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did and let us know what you think. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Debbie. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me, Ashley. It's my pleasure. And I've known you for many years now and uh, just through like our entrepreneurial groups here in Miami. And -hmm. probably about six months ago, I got a Reiki session done with you and it was incredible. And I think it's different too, because I'm actually Reiki certified as well. But I think Mm. even getting it done on myself by you was just such an eye-opening experience. And I see you as somebody who really like, even just being around you, even before I really knew you a lot, I was able to feel that you embodied these things. So I wanted to, I told you right before we started recording, I'm like, you're like my woo -woo expert, like, (laughs) because I do talk about these things on the podcast, because there is another layer to life than what we see. And I'm sure that you're like this too. But like, for me, in my own spiritual journey, when I started many years ago, it started with a depression, because I was like, this can't be all that there is. If it's just here, like what I can see, and what I can touch like that's not enough for me, you know? So really diving into different styles of consciousness and knowing that like there's something else out there, a magic, an energy, a life force, whatever it is. Um, I wanted to bring you on to talk about all of those things and many different things that we're probably going to talk about. But Mm -hmm. first let's talk about um, kind of a big question that I start with, but what you do now and how you got to doing that. (laughs) So I will do my best to be linear about that question. Take it where it needs to go. It definitely, yeah, the experience was not linear. Yes. Uh, how I chose Reiki and how Reiki chose me, I knew from the beginning, as far back as I can remember, that I desired to be of service mm-hmm. to people and really have them get that they matter. I really wasn't digging the disconnect and how people show up to their life as if they are unworthy. And for me growing up, my experience of spirituality was a spirituality that condemned my identity and that condemned my sexuality. So insert existential crisis here, Mm -hmm. like really believing that, okay, whatever God is, believes that I am a horrible person. Yes. Because... And I just so happened to grow up in a very conservative religious background with my parents as religious leaders, right? So a lot of pressure to be perfect, a lot of pressure to meet expectation. So at a very young age, I found myself exchanging who I authentically was for this image of what it meant to be perfect. Mm, So common. And there's to begin to dismantle, oh my gosh, is it? And especially with, I I happen to work predominantly with women, women showing up genuinely believing that who they are is not enough unless there's action, 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 and I get to be perfect. 
And so then we set these standards for perfectionism, which are impossible to reach. And now we get to be right about how we're not enough because we can't reach those goals and we can't reach it. And I can't do it. See, I'm not enough. And we look for evidence. Always. Always. In fact, Subconsciously, the way, right? Yes. The way that the mind works is that it's constantly trying to prove you right. So if you're operating from a belief system of I am not enough, your mind is scanning your experiences, your relationships for evidence that that is true. And in that way, we get into I am a powerful creator. We create our reality by the stories that we operate from. So Reiki happened because I just so happened to connect with, I'm going to call her a witch, a brujita. Mm -hmm. I, I am comfortable with that. Yes. Term, who was very much Reiki master, tarot reader, energy worker, and became a mentor very quickly. And very early on in our relationship, she began to speak life and love into who I was. And that was profound for me because I was operating from I'm bad and wrong and I can't fully connect with my spirituality because who I am is bad and wrong. And here comes this woman saying, no, actually, you're perfect and you're whole and you're complete and you're a healer on top of that. And you're really powerful on top of that. And she became my life blood. Like she really brought me back to life and spoke life into me and taught me Reiki. And as I began to practice Reiki, my spirituality shifted in such a huge way. And it became the space where I was able to and heal, heal the wounds and really begin to operate from I'm safe with me mm -hmm. and I can trust me. And because I can trust me and actually enjoy me, I can trust myself to be that space for others as well. Mm. So essentially, her name was D. I learned from D that how I desire to serve others is through energy work and by speaking life back into women and men who believe that they are so small and that they're insignificant and that they don't matter, which is so not true. So when you say, hey, I remember our Reiki session six months ago and the things that you said really landed for me, that's great feedback for me. Because Absolutely. when I'm doing Reiki, it's about channeling. A person's guides can speak guidance and love back into the person that just so happens to meet with me that day. Mm. And, and what you're talking about, too, is I think like an epidemic amongst women and men. Yes. You know what I mean? And something that I think, mm -hmm. too, that like, mm -hmm. you know, our parents, I think, do their best with us. Um, but I think that if we go through something in life when we're little, that's something like I've been learning about the chakras and how things can get stuck mm -hmm. and things like that. Unless we like actively do something, we don't know otherwise. And then, like yep. you said, we'll spend our whole lives. I kind of like equate it when I think back to like my days of really only believing that I was unworthy, like as the 100% truth, looking like a homeless yeah. person for food, for evidence, like even twisting mm. things and thinking like, no matter what, I'm going to be unworthy. And it's, and I thought I was the only one, but to know that so many people go through this, to know that many people, um, deal with something like this, mm -hmm. but, and that it isn't true and that we can have people yeah. like you come to us and actually do things 
to our bodies and to see uh, have sort of like a magnifying glass into what's going mm-hmm. on is really incredible. And that's why I'm so grateful for you and, and the work that you do um, for people who might not be familiar with what Reiki is exactly. How would you describe it? Mm. So Reiki is source energy and source can mean whatever language is comfortable for the person is that energy, unconditional love, where we come from. It is in all things. We've all heard energy is neither created nor destroyed. So Reiki is tapping into that principle of every material thing is composed of energy. And much like you said earlier, we have our experiences as children and every experience has energy. So think about it. If you close your eyes and you think about a memory of someone you truly love, you begin to experience love, joy, connection, that has an energetic charge. That's energy. On the other hand, you could be driving home from work and you've seen hundreds of cars that day and all of a sudden you see your ex-partner's car and you experience a charge and now you tighten up, your breath is like going faster, your heartbeat is going faster. That's energy. And in fact, that emotion probably suggests that there's energy in your body that gets to be released and that hasn't been healed. Mm -hmm. So the thing with energy and where Reiki steps in and supports is that for the most part, yes, we live in a culture that the epidemic is, hey, if the emotion is uncomfortable, don't feel it. Hey, if the emotion is uncomfortable, don't look at it. Just put it away, ignore it. And then here come addictions, fill it in with food, fill it in with lovers, fill it in with workaholism. Like here it is, right? And we're avoiding self, we're avoiding those uncomfortable emotions. We're avoiding shadow, we're avoiding our shadow. And what Reiki does is like, let's tap in, oh, hey, you have this emotion, this emotion, this emotion trapped in this chakra. And each chakra having to do with different experiences. And then it's about, make no mistake, Reiki isn't about, okay, you're cleared. All of those emotions have now been resolved. Yes. Reiki is, like you said, a magnifying glass. Like, hey, it was a lot of shame energy. Let's talk about your relationships. Let's talk about past trauma. Let's talk about what you made up about your relationship with your parents. What's there? And it's an opportunity for you to become aware with what is going on with you energetically, emotionally, vibrationally. Because if you're at a, if you're carrying energy that's very low frequency, very low vibration, and you're trying to get to abundance, you're trying to get to intimacy, you're trying to get to vulnerability, which are high vibrating emotions, it creates an incompatibility. Mm. So Reiki comes in and supports you in raising the vibration that gets to be raised forward. And a really simple way to look at it is like this. Emotions are only ever meant, they show up, we get to and feel them and then let them go that that's it that's that's it it's that simple except when it's our shadow self we think mm, mm-hmm. nope not gonna <laughs> go there so i'm gonna take that emotion and i'm gonna put it in the closet and out of sight out of mind except for the next few years you're operating with an emotion pounding on the closet door and you can tune it out you get used to it but it doesn't change the fact that it's there and it's impacting your life and going back to We see life through our filters. That's a filter. So if the emotion is shame, now it's tinging everything that we look at. So what the opportunity is, is to open the closet door, let shame out, invite it as a guest. Like, okay, 
What do you have to share with me? What is the lesson that you get to teach me? And then walk it out of your house. Mm. But a lot of us have so much trauma and charge around specific emotions that it almost feels dangerous to allow ourselves to go there. And that's where self-trust is so crucial and getting that you are safe with yourself and that you can handle those emotions. Yes, so much truth and, and so many different ways that we could go. The first thing that I want to talk about too is that you know, I think with energy work and tarot and crystals, mm-hmm. like people get into it and they maybe start learning about it. And I'm talking about this because this was my experience. Like, ooh, if I just get a crystal, everything's going to be fine. Or if I like, you know, get my tarot deck, the tarot deck knows everything. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to go into Reiki, bing, bam, boom, everything is done <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to be fixed, you know? So what is that? Do you see that in your clients? And how would you guide people into mm-hmm. using these things as tools, yes. not as lifesavers per se? Yes. Yes. So here's how I will start the, that. Okay. So imagine five-year-old little girl has two alcoholic parents and we're not making the parents wrong. They're simply in their addiction. So they're not giving little girl as much love and attention as she needs. So what does she do? She eats cookies. And her experience eating cookies is, wow, I feel good. In this moment, I feel really good and I feel safe and I feel yummy. And what mastery holds is the cookies aren't what is making you feel good. If you're operating from I am source and I am the creator of my experience, what mastery holds is you are experiencing yourself through the cookies. You are source of pleasure. You are source of love. And you're having the experience cookies. However, if you become attached to the cookie and say, the cookies are what make me feel good. The cookies are what make me feel loved. Now you're creating attachment to the cookie. And this is where suffering begins to happen because you're giving away your power. You're operating from I'm not whole or complete. And the cookies are what make me feel good. When what mastery holds is, no, that feel good is coming from me. I am source for it. So coming back to what you were saying, the disclaimer with any spiritual work is you are your own healer. And you get to own that you authored the tarot deck. You authored the Reiki practitioner. You authored the tarot reader to support you. And whatever messages they're speaking into you, however it's encouraging you and affirming you, you get to be an ownership that you created that. And from a space of authorship, that really does begin to build a self-trust. And again, uh, I feel safe with myself because I'm pulling into my experiences what I need to heal. Mm -hmm. And now you are getting your power back instead of, Well, no, it was the practitioner, so I'm giving her my power. Well, no, it was the tarot deck and giving away your power. No. Mastery holds that all of this is a reflection of you, and you are sourced for all of it. So when it comes to, and, and I'm really adamant about a grounded spirituality, because there's also a new age spirituality that is very ungrounded. Mm. And it's very much like what you say, like, hey, you're having an off day, pet a bunch of roots, quartz crystals yep, yeah. in your pack. 
Ward away Satan. No, yeah. it doesn't. It does. 100%. <laughs> and in exactly. that way, also giving away your power to crystals. Yes. I, I, I don't, I am not a stand for a spirituality that disconnects you from self or that has you live in the clouds. No, you volunteered to be human in this 3D world for a reason. And I also hold that if you're, if you're someone who's committed to breakthrough and transformation, it's going to show up in your life because you magnetize what you desire. You call it into your experience, whether it is the Reiki practitioner, whether it is the breakup, like your circumstances are also your teacher yes. and they show us this isn't to torture us. Like there goes another breakup. Once again, I'm not enough. You could. Mm -hmm. You could operate from that. And a lot of us do, again, because we're operating from limiting beliefs. However, if you're someone who's committed to mastery, what mastery holds is what's showing up in my experiences is a reflection of what's going on with me. And it's a reflection of where I'm playing small in my life. And it's an opportunity for me to step into my power. Yes. And, and like I got chills the whole time you were talking right now because that is something that like I see so much, so much spiritual bypassing, so much like it's okay, don't listen, like just mm -hmm. buy my crystal set and everything will mm -hmm. be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and then also knowing that like even with food that like many people come to me and they say like just tell me what to eat and just tell me mm. like the things that I need to do. And I'm like in my role as a guide for nutrition and for food, um, and to help people come back home to themselves is to teach them how to be their own advocate and their own number one. So my goal with people is never to work with them forever. It's to work with them for a period of time so I can teach them how to listen mm -hmm. to themselves, how to listen to their intuition, how to get back into their body and then let go because we can't go through life mm -hmm. not believing that we don't have the power to make our own decisions and not to embody ourselves. And I only know that because I was in that other place for so long uh, and thinking that other people had the answer. And I think that that's mm. so easy now because we see so many experts, so many people that seem like they have it together. And like, I still struggle yeah. sometimes like we all do, we all have things that we struggle with, but I think knowing, like you said, if we can trust ourselves and trust that things can be, okay for us and that we hold our own mm -hmm. answers we've just you know been misguided or maybe lost for a while and that is okay that's just part of our journey um i would love for you to touch upon the fact that like when we go through these things it's not always like rosy and rainbows and unicorns and <laughs> debbie's opening her eyes right now really big <laughs> yeah. um because i think people think that too like i'm gonna go through this and it's gonna be like magical yeah. and it's gonna feel amazing and sometimes it really hurts and it's really painful. Yes. So let's talk about like how yeah. we can trust that what we are going through is for the best for us. And even mm -hmm. if we are going through something shitty and it mm -hmm. feels like crap, especially if we are shedding a light on this stuff for the first time in our lives and we maybe have yeah. decades of shit, how we can trust that on the other side is going to be something um that's going to be worth it. <laughs> and I think for many of us, honestly, it takes getting through to the other side yes. to step into trust mm -hmm. because it's really difficult of the dark night of your soul 
to be able to sit there and chant Kumbaya. It's challenging. Yes. It really is. Because here's the thing. Spirituality that is grounded is about the whole. And spirituality holds that you are light and you are shadow. And you mentioned it's decades worth of pain. Sometimes it's even more than that. Yeah. And we get into the topic of epigenetics, that you inherit the pain of your ancestors. So if your mother is someone who shamed and guilted herself a lot, and us as second generation immigrants, a lot of us are first, second generation immigrants, our ancestors come from shame Mm -hmm. and hiding and don't use your voice because it's going to give away that we're not from here. So don't talk. So silence. Mm. And so now it's not just, okay, I get to heal my wounds. It's I get to heal mine and my ancestors. And that's heavy. That's heavy. And again, speaking into some of those emotions feel dangerous. They feel like PTSD, especially if we're talking about the epidemic of sexual trauma, specifically with women. Now you're tapping into shame. It's going to feel dangerous. It's going to feel unsafe. And to that, I would say you get to feel it. You get to, you truly do. It's, The process of, imagine you have a cup full of tar and what you want is fresh drinking water. You have to pour out the tar Mm. before you can fill that cup with water. Mm. And a lot of feeling the feels is you clearing out your body and your heart and your space so that you can begin to fill it with what you desire. Another way to look at it is if your plate is full and what you really, really want is Brussels sprouts, You better eat the salad before you can put Brussels sprouts because there's not enough space. Mm -hmm. So if right now with shame and guilt, but what you really desire is peace and love and connection, you better empty out your plate so that you can have room for that to enter your space. Yes. And I would say that what has really served me is that in moments when I'm in my shadow, in my dark, like desperate, overwhelmed, feeling isolated, feeling scared, that I would close my eyes and almost hug myself. And I know that sounds silly, but in moments when you're feeling that, that dark, Mm -hmm. the being held is powerful. And holding myself, closing my eyes and speaking things gently, like, Deb, I see you, I've got you. I'm not going anywhere, I choose you. And rinse, repeat. Sometimes it was no, Deb, I'm safe. I'm safe. We're in the living room. It's okay. No one's here. I've got you. Because our ego takes that emotion and it begins to create so much story around it. See, you're a burden. See, you're not safe. See, nobody wants you. And it's about allowing yourself to feel it, but you can change the narrative. And that's the opportunity is that when your ego starts coming up and beating you down in that emotion, that you can see it, stop it, and shift it. Found explanation. It can be as simple as, honey, I've got you. I'm holding you. In this moment, you're safe. Again, rinse, repeat. Yes. That's how you to the conversation with you. And that's how you begin to feel safe in the midst of whatever you've got going on. And that allows you to show up to your life. And this reminds me of there is a Native American mythology. Well, let me backtrack. There are some Native American tribes that hold that when someone in the tribe is chosen as a shaman, 
the rite of passage for them to step into their shamanism is they're actually shunned from the tribe. And the Mm. tribe beats them, spits on them, calls them all kinds of cruel names, and then kicks them out of the tribe. And they have to survive in the wilderness. And while they're out in the wilderness, they have to dig up their own tomb. And they sleep in this tomb. And then they wake up, come back to the tribe. And, and the symbolism of this is an egoic death. They get to kill off the labels and identities that they've made up about themselves because mastery holds that you're not your thoughts, you're not your emotions, you're the consciousness that sits behind it. So shadow work is looking at these identities that we created for I am CEO, I am lover, I am girlfriend, I am sister, all of these identities that we've tacked on. This is this is where I get my value. And removing whatever limiting beliefs and limiting identities we created. And it hurts. It hurts. Death isn't pain-free. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about egoic death. Your ego is going to kick and it's going to scream and it's going to throw a tantrum. And it's, again, back to, I've got you. You're safe. I'm here. As those parts of us die. And this happens cyclically every seven years. Like, think about seasons. There's a death. Mm -hmm. And that's true for us and our ego as well. So get comfortable with the discomfort. It's part of being human. The only constant is entropy, which is change. So the more we get comfortable with our shadow and being that safe space, this isn't about transcending ego. This is about befriending ego. Yes. When you let go of resisting your ego, peace happens. But as long as you're pushing back, oh, my God, there's my ego. She's such a bitch. Yeah. She, what resists persists. Yes. Because I also think that there's this common narrative that's like, oh, if you do enough work and you do enough mm-hmm. yoga, then like mm-hmm. you're not going to have the voice anymore. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, let me try that. <laughs> like, let me let me do all the things that I can in order to make this go away. And then mm-hmm. coming to the realization that like, oh, shit, this might be with me forever. But that yes. is OK. Yes. And, and when you shift the conversation of ego, and this is huge, right? Because ego really is our five-year-old self. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll give you an example. I worked with a woman for, I worked with her about three years ago. And this woman is like powerhouse woman, a keynote speaker getting paid $25,000 for an hour of speaking. And she walks into a room and you're like, <laughs> queen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Queen. Yes. And one of the things she shared with me as we were, because I also offer hypnosis, that we were working on hypnosis was she went back to a memory of when she was four years old. And her mom, she was raised by a single mom who had two jobs. Her experience as a four year old was okay, when mom gets home, she's tired. And she spends about an hour cleaning up the house. And by the time she's done, she's exhausted. She goes to sleep. I want to play with mom. So what is my solution as a four-year-old? I'm going to clean up the house so that when mom gets home, she can spend that hour playing with me. Mm. In fact, I want her to read this book to me. So I've got the book chosen. This is the book I want her to read. I'm going to go ahead and clean the house. Except a four-year-old, like her version of cleaning the house is going to be drastically different from a 35-year-old woman cleaning the house, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. But she cleans it. Mom gets home long day has had two jobs that day gets home and what does she see the house is worse and so then she goes into scolding four-year-old little girl 
oh my God, now I have to clean it all up. What were you thinking? What were you doing? We're cleaning the house, goes to bed. What does four-year-old make up? Nothing I do is enough. And I am not worthy of love. So there, those two, that becomes story. And so now going back to we're always right, our mind filters life through those beliefs. She spent the next 40 years operating from I'm not enough and I'm not worthy of love. And so it's getting that, that became her ego. And our ego usually looks like the way we speak to our children becomes their inner voice. And so when you get that it's that four-year-old little girl who got hurt, it allows you to access compassion for your ego. And that's where you can almost even visualize, like close your eyes and pretend that you're seeing a four-year-old you. And you pick her up on your lap and you tell her, no, you are worthy and you're safe and I choose you. And you're picking up your ego instead of beating up the little four-year-old who's already suffered. It's about having compassion for the part of us that has suffered instead of beating up the part of us that has suffered. So I don't align with this spirituality that says we must transcend the ego. No, we volunteered again to be human for a reason. And ego is part of that experience. This is about befriending our ego so that we can transcend it. Mm -hmm. But that voice is going to stay there. And it's that little girl. And think about it. Think about a niece, a nephew, a child that you have to you crying. Your response is, first of all, it's not going to be, see, I told you, you are just way too boisterous. Like, there you go. Well, figure out how to clean it. It's not that. It's usually, okay, there might be some scolding, and I'm going to clean your knee, and I'm going to give you a juice box, and let's put on a movie so that you calm down. And I'm going to take care of you, that you can access that same compassion for you. And here's another one. If you skin your knee, you don't sit there thinking, all right, well, the red blood cells are going to produce more red blood cells in order for the epidermis to grow. We don't reason our way into healing. Mm. Our body has a wisdom that our mind does not. Our body knows how to heal itself. Just like our heart knows how to heal itself. So you get to trust your process and you get to honor what's showing up in your experience because your heart is supporting you in creating the healing that you desire. And Make no mistake, you don't reason your way into healing. Mm. Sometimes it Such makes no point. damn sense. No. <laughs> and the opportunity there is surrender. Yeah. Because control is an illusion anyway. Exactly. So let's talk about that because that's something that, you know, I think for for many people, especially like type A people, people that love a plan, <laughs> that love like step A to step D or whatever it is, I think that it's hard to let go of that control. Mm-hmm. It can be a lifetime of grasping and like, I got to do this by like working hard. And we were talking about this a little bit before. Um, And I think that you can either have one, you can either be controlling or you can Mm -hmm. be trusting. So Mm -hmm. talk about that. How can we trust that what we're going through is for our greatest potential? And Mm -hmm. how can we surrender to Mm -hmm. the things that we are going through in our lives? So... (laughs) I feel like my answer is going to make some people twitch uh, because it gets to be a process. Yes. And there is no snapping of the fingers. Yes. And there is no, okay, come have a session. And after that, you're complete. Yes. It isn't this. Yeah. It is. That needs to be reiterated, I think. It it truly does. Yes. That over and over and over. It's never over. Yep. And that this process 
of trusting oneself really does get to look like those breakthroughs. When you're in breakdown, that leads to breakthrough. The more you experience those breakthroughs, that you acknowledge yourself for them. Because again, the acknowledgement begins to foster safe space. Like if you, if you haven't caught on already, it's all about your relationship with yourself. Because if we're going into, okay, people who are type A or who are very controlling or like the workaholics, which mm-hmm. like tack me in that. Yeah. Oh, like me that's too. Me yeah. all day, only mm-hmm. all the time. It's, we feel out of control with our emotions. So we try to control everything in our external experience and control becomes our addiction. And boy, does it bring suffering. Oh, yeah. Because it, it better look like this. He's going to be six foot tall. He's going to be blonde. He's going to have his own business. And we're going to have two kids by next year. And then it doesn't happen. And instead, what shows up is a relationship with a surfer dude who's really, really relaxed and open-minded. And you're making it bad and wrong the whole time because he doesn't look like a businessman who has it all together. Mm. And we miss the lesson there. Well, why would I have authored a surfer dude who's super laid back? Probably because you get to learn to play mm-hmm. and you get to learn to surrender and you get to remember how to let go. And so we author what we need instead of what we think it needs to look like. And so when we let go of attachments, we let go of suffering. So it, it gets to continue going back to being in the question of, okay, well, why is this showing up in my experience? And what is the lesson here for me? And being in question with everything, Ashley, like really, again, coming back to everything in my life is showing up because it's a reflection of where I am at. Mm. And here's the thing for all of those analyzers. Science shows that the heart emits 60% more electromagnetic waves in the brain, which means that you can manifest 60% faster 60 times faster if you're operating from your heart than if you just stay in your head thinking about it Mm. can you create it logically absolutely can you create it faster and with pleasure and joy through your heart yes yes and so again it comes back to trusting your heart and the epidemic is that we live in a culture that has disconnected us from heart and that has made heart space taboo oh women are emotional and emotions are useless and they're pointless. And why are you crying? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you crying right now? We make heart burden. We make heart unsafe. And so look at our look at our society. We live in a, in a culture where the masculine, for the most part, has domineered over the feminine. And how does that show up in our context, in our way of being? We use our logic, which is our masculine principle to domineer and control our heart, which is our feminine principle. For example, hey, I've really been thinking about starting my own podcast. I really, really want to do it. And then what does our mind do? Girl, you do not have time. Mm -hmm. You do not have enough following on on Facebook. Like who's going to want to listen to what you have to say? Who are you to share anything? You don't even have your life together. You got dumped last week and you are working retail. You have Mm -hmm. nothing to share. And that is a perfect example of how our mind domineers and controls and belittles our heart. And so what's showing up in our culture, exactly that. But what becomes possible when we use our brain, our masculine principle to support our heart, our feminine principle, it looks like I really want to do a podcast. Okay, girl, 
So I'm going to block out every Friday from 9 a.m. to noon, and we're going to practice what we want to say, and we're going to come up with a list of topics, and we're going to create the platform. And now every week, I'm holding you accountable three hours a week. This is what we're up to, and this is what we're going to mm. do. Mm-hmm. And so we use our logic, our reasoning, our creativity, our brilliance to support our heart's desires. And that's when surrender is so crucial because I guarantee you it's not going to look like what you want it to look. Yeah. But if you are willing to surrender, it may exceed every single one of your expectations. Exactly. If we don't add the stories in there. Yep. You know? And before we were talking about like, you know, how you and I for a long time were operating in the masculine. And I still Mm -hmm. have a little bit of that too, of just like (laughs) go and like, I have to force myself to take a day off because like as entrepreneurs, you know, we could always be working like literally (laughs) 24 seven. Um, What are ways that you have um, recently allowed your feminine to come in a little bit more? And for those people that are wanting that, what are some tools Mm. that they can utilize in order to have that come in? And what does that balance mean? Because I don't think a lot of people know what that means. Like, the yeah. divine feminine and you know if you're in your masculine they're like what is that so okay. so yeah so tell I'll us. start by speaking into masculine and feminine and what those are and mm-hmm. then I'll I'll take it from there the masculine principle and and make no mistake everyone has masculine and feminine principles yes. this is not limited to gender right so the masculine principle is the reasoning the logic the action this almost militaristic go 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 do 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 where the feminine principle is the beingness, the intuition, sensuality, community, presence. So masculine, doing. Feminine, being. Mm. Right? And to address the balance, mm-hmm. balance is, is a little bit of BS. Yes. I, I prefer the word harmony. Like, let's yes. go with harmony. Yes. How can we fluidly shift from one to another so that it best serves us. And to that, I will say, as someone who, as a predominantly masculine woman, I have been very deliberate about structuring and scheduling play for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is how I keep myself accountable. And I stretch myself. I'm very much an introvert as well. And for me, conversations of perfectionism are very real. So sometimes it's challenging for me to let loose and get dirty and go, get in the mud. Like that's challenging for me yeah. because again, I've made up that my value isn't being perfect. Mm-hmm. And I've also made up that as a healer, as a leader, I have to be perfect all of the time because otherwise who am I to support others, right? Those are conversations that are real for me. Mm-hmm. And so I stretch myself in my playtime. Yes. Like I said, I set goals for myself. Like this month, I have set that two times this month, I'm going to go out with my girlfriends. And I'm reaching out to the girlfriends who are wild and rambunctious and silly and who are those women who like to be in the center of the room, center of attention, talking really loudly, being friends with everyone, because that gets me out of my comfort zone. Like I'm that girl who's at a lounge in the corner having a beer and like, okay, this is nice. Yes, I'll this just sit nice. over here. Yes. This is fine. <laughs> Let me just observe everyone and I'll read their aura. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so like that that's me kind of fooling myself into see, I'm playing, but not really. I'm yeah. so comfortable. Yes. So it's about like stretch yourself. Yes. Transformation and breakthrough happen outside of your comfort zone. And play and rest are so important. And here's why. 
Context generates content. What is context? Context is your relationship with yourself. Think about it as your environment. If you talk to yourself from a place of love, support, your environment is an oasis, let's say. But if you're constantly shaming and beating yourself up, it's a desert. And in the environment of desert, what shows up are cacti. But if what you want are pine trees, you can plant 50 pine trees. They're not going to grow because pine tree is not compatible with desert. Mm. So what is showing up in your life? Are they, are they pine trees or are they cacti? And if they're cacti, look at your context because that's what's generating the content in your life. So the importance of play and rest come in, in how it supports your context. For me, it connects me with my heart. For me, it reminds me to be playful. For me, it connects me with innocence. And so it brings into my context a levity, a lightheartedness, a presence, connection. And from that context, what shows up in my content is abundance. Mm. Like people, and I say this to clients, and I really hope that it lands, that my business became abundant. And I got to step out of hustling and working my ass off to get clients. Now clients show up easily and effortlessly. Like I'm not, I'm being very truthful when I say that every week I'm getting people calling me and texting me randomly, people mm -hmm. I do not know who want to work with me. And I am responsible for that because my context is one where I trust myself where I'm surrendered to the experiences where I trust that the universe is abundant. I mean, mastery holds that all already is. So it's not about me creating the abundance. It's already there. Mm. It's about me creating a context with myself that allows the abundance to show up in my content. Those are my pine trees. I desire abundance financially and I'm mm -hmm. allowed to desire that. Yes. And I'm not bad and wrong for desiring that. Mm. And so the moment that I embrace my desires and I allow myself rest, it shows up. And here's why it's important. Because if you're that person who's working your ass off, hell no, you're not going to attract abundance. Because it's, I'm already exhausted. I don't want to do more work. No, I don't want it. So there's a blockage there. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I really want money, but not really. Because my relationship with money or food stresses mm -hmm. me out. It is inconsistent. One day I love you. The next day I hate you. You are a source of anxiety for me. Like if you talk to a friend that way, they would not show up for you. Yeah. If you're talking that way to money or to your body, guess what? Money's not going to show up for you. And your body sure as hell is not going to lose the weight. Mm -hmm. Because if the only way you pay attention to me is when I have added weight or when I have pain in my body, I'm going to keep it. Because I want you to look at me. And you've created a context where pain and suffering is necessary. So then what shows up in your content is circumstances of pain and suffering. Yes. So you get to shift the context. And it's process. Yeah. And I cannot underestimate the importance of play and rest. Like, girl, do it. Yes. And use your mind to support you with that. Like, look at your calendar. All right, I'm free Thursday night. I'm going to make it a point to hang out with the people that I love. Or, you know, on free Thursday night and I've been wanting to take an art class. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. Or I'm going to take a pottery class. Like do what your heart is desiring and asking a movement. Get your butt to a kickboxing class. If your heart is asking for rest, 
allow yourself rest. And this is, again, where you start to build a relationship of trust and intimacy with your heart because your heart is getting, okay, she listens to me. Mm. She honors me. She believes in me. And again, going back to your heart manifests 60 times faster. If your heart feels safe with you, your heart's going to give you everything that you desire. And it'll blow your mind at how it shows up in your life. But you don't do it by burning out. Yeah. And it doesn't, and and it doesn't happen. Such a good point. And it doesn't happen by forcing and efforting. And it's like everything that you just said resonated with me so much because I think that in terms of like playing and resting and self care, sometimes we not, we might not feel like doing the self care. Like I'd rather always stay home. That's like Mm -hmm. my, like, I love being home. I love being a homebody. And I know that if I go out and I see my friends, then I'm going to be so happy. But it takes a little bit of like muscle to do it. You know what I mean? It does. Scheduling and kind of forcing myself a little bit at the beginning. But knowing that like not all self-care is rosy and beautiful Mm -hmm. at the beginning. It's knowing what you need to do and then taking, you know, deliberate rational action in order Mm -hmm. to make it happen in your life. Yes. Harmoniously. the self-awareness and stretching yourself comes in. Yes, Because in that totally. moment, it's, you're living a vision-based commitment. My vision is that I honor my heart. So even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to do it. Yes. So you're shifting out of a feeling-based commitment into a vision-based commitment. And yeah, it takes practice. And for you, what rest and play might look like is completely different from mine. Yeah. Like for you, rest and play might look like, I'm going to invite my girlfriends over. And we're going to do a potluck and we're going to read our tarot cards yes. and that's going to fill me up. Like, I love that. And for me, playtime might look like, all right, let's go to a lounge and I want to flirt with people and I want to meet new people and I want to like let my hair down. Yes. Right? Yes. And, yeah. And, and again, not making your experience bad and wrong and letting go of comparing what other people are doing with their playtime. Like, what do I need? And I get to honor that. And, and I would also invite whoever's listening to this podcast and to look at where am I operating from that relationships might show up as exhausting Mm. or that the idea of going out with friends sounds exhausting. And when I go out with friends, I end up coming home and I have a zero energy. Okay. I would ask you to look at, are you showing up and allowing yourself to receive? Are you allowing yourself to be seen and be filled up by your tribe or are you showing up to your friendships trying to be perfect? And now it is exhausting because it's yeah. one more experience of you having to have it together instead of, no, with my friendships, I'm going to show up vulnerable. I'm going to show up messy. I'm going to show up authentically and I'm going to allow myself to be loved on whatever that looks like yes. instead of, nope, I have to be a giver again and I have yeah. nothing left to give. Like always checking in with that context. And again, not about beating yourself up for whatever conversations you're having, but it is an opportunity for you to look and ask yourself, is this effective or ineffective for what I'm trying to create? Absolutely. So get rid of right or wrong. That doesn't exist. Yeah. It's, it's just for you. Is it effective or ineffective? Yes. yes. And then sometimes maybe like making the hard conversation of like, maybe I need new friends. You know what I mean? Maybe I need new people in my ah, life and, yes. and opening the space up. Yes. Um, I think I'm a big believer in space and like, if you want things to come in, sometimes you have to clear, which is what you were saying before. Um, so I think it's such a beautiful metaphor for so many different things. Um, 
but I could talk to you forever. We're almost <laughs> already at the time. We're going to have a whole other podcast eventually. Yeah, uh, I know it because I really wanted to talk to you about um, like sexuality. Maybe we could touch on that just for like a minute. Um, okay. You know, many women that I speak to have that part like asleep in themselves. Mm-hmm. So what's yeah. something that you can, um, what are some tools or some ways of thinking perhaps that like people can get back in touch with that part of their mm-hmm. body, which I think embodies so much power and so yep. much um it has the potential to you know turn into so many different things yes so i love 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 that you brought this up because we come from sex energy yeah right and yeah. life comes from sex energy so it gets we get to let go of it being taboo mm-hmm. and the thing with sex specifically with women is that for the most part, we come from a space of silence, like sex becomes transactional. And my value is in being a good lover. So I'm showing up to sex, making it about the other person. Mm. And I would invite all women and men to start creating experiences with themselves. And it could look like this. For me, it's really powerful to lay down, set an ambiance like candles, put really gentle, soft music in the background, not too loud so that I can still hear my thoughts. And I will literally caress my body. And I'm not talking about my genitalia. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about I'll caress my arms, I'll caress my breasts, I'll caress my body. And notice the charge that different parts of your body have. Like if you're caressing your chest and you notice tension or shame, Mm -hmm. then leave your hand there. And begin to speak to your body. Hey, you're beautiful. I love you. And and, and notice. Notice the charge. Or sit in front of a mirror and look at yourself naked. And if that makes you uncomfortable, then you get to start there. Because intimacy starts with self. And beginning to shift the conversations that you're having with your body. And speaking life back into your body and having these moments of intimacy with yourself that will then allow you to show up in intimacy with others. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes. It it starts with sensuality and then it becomes sexuality. And Mm. if if you're making yourself bad and wrong, it's going to be really challenging for you to let go in sex because sex is messy. Yeah, you're going to fling your shirt, your hair yeah. is going to smack your face, you're mm-hmm. going to possibly spit on the person. Like, yeah. It just gets messy. Yeah, yeah. You and, never know. And, right. Yeah. And, and you get to be comfortable with yourself first and foremost. And you are not bad and wrong for whatever your sexual experience is, period. Mm-hmm. If it takes you two hours to orgasm, amazing. It gives you two hours to connect with someone. Mm -hmm. If it takes you 30 seconds to orgasm, amazing. Like your experience gets to be your experience and it gets to start with creating space with yourself to feel safe, which is why I offer those exercises as let me connect with my sexuality. Let me connect with my body. Start with your senses, like really connect with the senses and and go from there. Yeah. And that I tell people, about that like with food too. use your senses use your senses for awareness what does it smell like what does it taste like what does it feel like but I think it's such a beautiful place to wrap up because I think the overarching Mm -hmm. message which is what I always try to tell people um that you so beautifully stated throughout this conversation is that like 
we have the power to make ourselves have that fertile ground in which to build whatever we want to build. But we need to do the work and to trust and to surrender. Um, And hopefully we can have people like you uh, help us do those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I always ask a few quick fire questions at the end. Um, I'm a big reader and I love books. Are there any books that have Mm. had a big impact on you in your life that could maybe help us more with these subjects? Yes. The Power of Vulnerability by mm. Brene Brown. Oh, yes. So powerful. Yes. Um, Pussy yes. by Mama Gina. Uh-huh. Every woman should read that. And Big Magic mm. by Elizabeth Gilbert. So good. I love uh-huh. it. Um, and another question that I ask people, which is just for my own selfishness, because I'm curious, is if <laughs> you were on death row, what would be your last meal? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it could be anything. You could have five courses. You could have whatever you want. <laughs> I would have a first course of just cheese. Yeah, like, me too. Well, that would be mine too. It yeah, I know. So no, that's cheese. mine too. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very, very like Cuban at heart. So I would have the puerco con mojo, yuca, arroz con frijoles, and I would have shout out to my Colombian arepa. Oh, oh my gosh, God, arepa yes. all day. Yes. And maybe some fricase de pollo. Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. Throw it in there. Yeah, we can <laughs> have we can have anything in there. Um, we kind of covered this a little bit in our conversation, but I always ask people what their view is about like what's going on in life and the world in terms of like what is out there mm-hmm. uh, and what is sort of like the energy. What What is it that you interpret about our purpose in life and in the world and on earth? Our purpose on earth is to evolve and to heal and to transcend. So I think that right now where we are presently in our experience is beginning to heal the past conversations. And our purpose here on earth is love, to love each other and to love Mother Earth and to overcome every single limiting conversation that is keeping us from being unconditional love, which is who we intrinsically are, Mm -hmm. that we are born perfect, whole, and complete. And so our mission and our purpose is returning to that and healing whatever blockages are there that keep us from experiencing ourselves as unconditional love. Mm, So good. And Mm -hmm. the last question that I ask is what is the greatest piece of advice that you've been given? And it doesn't have to be anything fancy or like, oh Mm -hmm. my God, this is like so revolutionary, but just like something that has really made a big impact on you. I would say that the biggest one was, and she was a mentor. Her exact words were, Deb, you're already a leader and people follow you. Mm. But if you allow yourself to be vulnerable people will follow you to the ends of the earth. Oh, yeah. And and what was profound there for me was really shifting out of the conversation that vulnerability is weakness and that vulnerability mm. is unsafe. Mm-hmm. And really getting that vulnerability is the birthplace to connection. And that by hiding my vulnerability, I'm creating unrealistic expectations of what it means to be spiritual, of what it means to be healed. I don't have it all together. Yeah. And my vulnerability allows me to be relatable to the exactly. people that I'm serving. It's almost yeah. like a sigh of relief. You know what yes. I mean? Like, oh, wow. Like, I remember yes. last year I wrote um, a newsletter to my whole email list about like how I had suffered lifelong with anxiety and depression. And I had never gotten 
more feedback in my life. And like even people in person were like, oh my God, you get it. I'm like, yeah, I've been here the whole time, but like you just didn't know. Uh, so I yeah. think that that's an important lesson for everybody out there to yeah. to listen to. Um, but let us know where we can find you online. Like if people want to work with you, we'll be sure to put everything in the show notes um, if they want to get in touch with you. For sure. So the I'll keep it quick. The best way to reach me is going to be through email and it's Debbie at DebbieMagic.com. D-E-B-B-I-E-M-A-G-I-C.com. Okay, perfect. And I'll send you all of the other info so it's available to anyone who wants to reach me. Amazing. Definitely reach out to Debbie if you want some Reiki or hypnosis. Are you still offering hypnosis? Yes. Okay, perfect. Uh, And if you need somebody to guide you through these messy things in life, uh, Mm -hmm. thank you so much, Debbie. This was amazing. This was so much fun. I know. And we only got through like half of my like points and stuff (laughs) because I'm like, we could just talk forever. Um, But it just means I have to have you on again at some point. Uh, Girl, that's exactly what it means. Yes. (laughs) Thanks again, Debbie. I love you. And thank you guys for listening. And I'm here however I can support. Love you, girl. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.